The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy. Bobby, you don't know how excited I am about this episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. I know I'm excited for everyone, <laughs> but this one I'm really excited about because we have a legend in the voiceover world joining us on the Middle Class VO Podcast. Jeff Bell is going to be joining us in just seconds. And Bobby, what do you know about Jeff Bell? I just know that I hear him on television all the time. <laughs> And here's what he sounds like. We've had an unbelievable season. Now to celebrate, you can get an F-150 with 55.50 cash back or lease for just $1.99 a month at your local Ford store. F-150, the official truck of Super Bowl 52. Oh my gosh. He's got the best voice, but he also has a great delivery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you heard it right there. And so excited to have him on today's podcast. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explain a video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. We have him, Bobby. I'm so excited. I've known this guy or known of this guy for well over 20 years. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Bell. Jeff, how are you, man? Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. Nice to have you. Nice to be here with you guys today. Listen to those pipes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Today, and Bobby, I know those pipes from 1985, probably. 1986. Yeah, it, it was uh, like August of 85 when I started at 98 Rocks. Yeah, and so that's that's where I'm going to go with this, Bobby. Um, I, I listened to Jeff Bell, Kevin West, uh, Tom Michaels, all these guys on 98 Rocks out of Shreveport, Louisiana. When I was knee-high to a coyote up in Magnolia, <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs> You're such a youngster. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. But I remember hearing Jeff Bell, and I, yeah, I, I distinctly remember Jeff would, he would say, this is the electric Jeff Bell. And I'm like, wow, that dude is so cool. I want to be like him. And so uh, here we are. And, and Jeff, I'm going to tell you a crazy man crush story of when I met you um, okay. so long ago. And I guarantee you, you don't remember it, but maybe when I tell you the story, you might remember I might. It. My, I, I hope it comes back to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But today we're talking about transitioning from radio to voiceover and what timing with all the iHeart, you know, I'm going to call it tragedy. Yeah. It's bad. Pretty ugly day. Today, even yeah. I just re- was reading just a minute ago about more people getting the yeah. axe. It, it's so bad. And that's that's one of the big reasons I got out of radio, and Bobby did too. And Well, radio invited me to leave, so I <laughs> <took> heed. <laughs> so radio invited you to leave. 
I've been asked to leave a few times. <laughs> I can be difficult. Tell us about that. Uh, well, so my transition started before I got out of radio. I actually started doing promo work for other radio stations. So that would have been like started in 97 with that. And I got my first client in January of 98. And I still have that station today. Nice. That's wonderful. Yeah, very cool. And so I got a little bit of a jump on it. It was it was January 2001 when I did my last show on the radio, unwittingly. And uh, <laughs> so I already had a little bit. Yeah, it is. Oh, no, they're not going to tell you. Hey, well, have a nice last show. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I did anyway. So... Uh, at that point, I already had a, an established a little bit of uh, income, an established client base. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the transition, I was prepared for it. You know, I already had the studio in my house. And then, you know, mercifully, I p- actually picked up my first Ford gig about a month after I got the axe. Wow. So it was very, very lucky. Skip it a ba ba ba. Yeah, so so let's go back. Let's jump in there, Jeff. Uh, you know, I, I I needed to recap a little bit about you. Uh, you have been the uh, retail voice of Ford trucks since what? Two thousand one? You're saying? Two thousand one was the first gig. So that um, I think around like six months that year, and then I think I had like a year off, and it may have been the end of two thousand two. They picked me up again, and since then it's been crazy. Nice. Good for you, man. That's great. Do you drive an F-150? I wish. I actually drive a Flex because (laughs) the F-150 is too high up, too much climbing. (laughs) But I also have a 68 Mustang. Jeff, that's actually what I do drive. You drive an F-150? Yeah, man. I've been a Ford guy my whole life. And, you know, it didn't have anything to do with you. It had to do with my dad more than anything. But, uh, (laughs) you know, I I love the fact that, you know, I'm a Ford guy and I, I know you from way back and, you know, and that you're the Ford guy. And something, that Jeff, that it's been cracking me up recently is seeing the Liberty Mutual uh, bad actor spot. <laughs> Dude, I love that I spot. Love, uh, and, and the thing is, is, is your pipes and his pipes are very similar. You know, for, for, he's a young whippersnapper, obviously. But uh, the Liberty Mutual spots, if you haven't seen him, you got to look it up. It's the guy that's standing in front of the uh, the bay that has the Statue of Liberty in the background. And he goes, Liberty Bibbity, Liberty Bibbity. And, and then he's messing it all up. And then they say, cut, let's bring in a voiceover. And then you hear Jeff. Love it. How about we just check it out right now? As a struggling actor, I need all the breaks that I can get. At Liberty Butchamug. Cut. Liberty Mutual. Line. Cut. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Cut. Liberty Am I allowed to riff? What if I come out of the water? Liberty Bibbity. Cut. We'll dub it. Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Only pay for what you need. I love how he bumps his head into the uh, um, the microphone. That's the kid. He's brilliant, man. He did a great job. They sent me that script, and I don't know if the script was taken from his outtakes or if that's the script he was given. But it was utter gibberish when I saw it, and I thought, "What in the hell have I gotten into?" (laughs) Because uh, you know what he says is just gibberish. Mm -hmm. 
But then they showed me the spot and I was cracking up because he just nailed it. So I, I love taking credit for that great commercial, but I was like the last element <laughs> thrown in the end. And it sounds like they had to time compress you a little bit. Um, I don't know if they did, but they actually, the direction, after we messed with it for a while, they gave me the direction as we want to go with the, uh, what did he call it? Like the the king kong voice you know like where it doesn't match and it looks awkward oh right right and right the, the voice over kind of stiff yeah so yeah that's that was the direction it was kind of robotic like that oh well it sounded is that great, something man. you just got through your agent jeff yeah yeah i just got that uh through acm oh cool yeah well okay prior to you jumping on the horn with us i was telling bobby that you're an acm guy and i i actually read for that same spot but you know okay. you matched up <laughs> perfect for it and you know outstanding job with it no the weird thing is my audition wasn't that voice hmm. so oh the, really yeah it was more like game show host kind of deal right so that so before the session, of course, I get the file out and I'm pr practicing that. And by the time we got through the session, they had sort of weaned it down to that performance. Well, it came out nice. It, it's really good. So I was kind of surprised too with, with the finished product based on my audition, how they picked how they picked me out. Yeah. And it might have been that sonic factor because our voices hmm. are very similar who knows yeah that that could have been it i'm fascinated to know how people make those decisions <laughs> I know. you know you never know you, you never know, know. <laughs> well let's get back to uh transitioning from radio to voiceover what was your you know let's go back to you know 2001 you're doing it full time what would you consider like your biggest hurdle at that time a penny for your thoughts interesting question i think really the marketing and just getting the word out because you know like all these iheart cats they need cash now yeah you know yeah and if you're not prepared for that that's going to be you know stressful so that was kind of where i was i didn't quite have enough cash to keep it all together so that was the big thing was to just start marketing and back then it was sending faxes and things like that so cds in the mail and cds in the mail all that stuff yeah when i started i was wow. sending reel to reels and dats and <laughs> wow yeah we very early on we started sending mp3s as soon as we could my partner at the time was willie wells ww sound and and we sort of started this all together and we started shipping mp3s as soon as we could yeah because running to fedex you know racing out to the airport at nine o'clock to make yes. the plane and stuff we've all done <laughs> absolutely oh man do you ever look back i mean with this whole iheart thing going on do you ever look back and just for a second think where could i have gone with my radio career or or do you not even think about it anymore i feel like it kind of ran the gamut in radio i feel like i sort of did my thing and i was super short attention span you know so uh <laughs> i was like yeah and on my last gig was nine years classic rock so you know hearing the same tunes that i've been hearing since i was a kid for nine years and i just felt like i was kind of done with that and didn't really have anything to say and also you know uh 
when you're just a voice talent or just a on-air talent, you don't get to do the voiceover stuff very much. You might do a spot here and there, but you're not like when I was a production director and you had to do two or three or four different kinds of voices every day and come up with things, it was more challenging. But when you're just kind of doing the same thing every day, it's not as interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that you're doing imaging, too. I mean, you still kind of have your foot in the radio door with that. That's always nice. Yeah, I get to do a little bit of radio. That's fun. I'm not as I'm not as in love with it as some radio cats. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you doing a lot of stations right now, Jeff? Imaging? No, I only have like a half dozen. I don't have many. I kind of let that slide in the last few years, and I'm just sort of restarting that uh, imaging side of my business because I let that fall by the wayside a little bit. Well, good. Um, so let's talk about what is you know the majority of your work coming from radio to VO, you're probably, you know, I'm sure you face the same challenges as Bobby and I, as, oh, he's an announcer. Well, you know, I was listening to your automotive podcast, and Mm -hmm. that is really what I did. When I transitioned out of radio, I I picked up automotive clients. You know, I've been selling cars my whole adult life, really. Yeah. So uh, that's what I started doing, and I was doing production, the whole thing. You know, so just like exactly like you described your situation, that was my life and that's what I did. And then when Ford got busier and busier, I I didn't have time for that anymore. I mean, so um, in 2001, I moved to Arizona from Wisconsin, which was where my last radio job was, Milwaukee. I moved mm-hmm. to Phoenix and... Um, I moved to Phoenix, and I, I'm trying to remember who I, I had. a I had a car dealer in Milwaukee that I had taken with me, so I was getting some income from that, and then I picked up a big dealership group in Phoenix. So I was producing a lot of spots, and that was keeping me very busy. And then, you know, uh, I was doing stuff for Corey Disson and mm-hmm. at, uh, his outfit, and a hand, I think Paul Turner at that time, and mm-hmm. a handful of places around the country just like you guys are doing you know so that's it it sounded exactly like my life what you were talking about okay your situation so that's exactly what i did the radio skills that i knew and also with car sales they kind of like a hard sell so your radio skills come into play mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. more so than your acting skills let's say there's the facts to keep a client like Ford for almost 20 years is pretty impressive. You just don't really hear that. So kudos to you, man. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's awesome. I wish I had a secret sauce recipe to give you. I don't know, honestly, what the trick is or if there's a trick. But I do, I've been really, since you guys hit me up about doing this podcast, I've really been giving a lot of thought to that. And I really feel like a lot of it has to do with my hard radio skills because of the way Ford operates and the way that we produce commercials. It's it's like slip cueing a record and going live. It's like you used to go to tape, you know? Yeah. They go live every time, every mm-hmm. time. I'm not kidding. 
Now, just a couple weeks ago, um, we're doing a session and we're working to video. So they're working to frames. And my buddy says to me, oh, we need another two tenths of a second on there. This is my life. Can you give us a half second? Can you shave a half second? We need three more frames. Can you give us two tenths of a second? So I got it again and it landed exactly the two tenths that he needed. Crazy enough. That's wow. radio, man. So these guys have had me doing this sort of thing so long that I that I can hit those those slight timing adjustments. And that's also a radio skill because back in the day you had a clock in front of you. <laughs> you slip cue your record and get your tape ready and you start when the second hand hits the top. And as you read, you glance up and you adjust time as you go because you got to hit the 30, right? Yeah. So that's what I do. I have the timer in my hand and I'll hold it up where I can see it and I'll read and I'll adjust on the fly because I'm working like even 60s with disclaimers. We go top to bottom. Wow. We don't pick them apart. I go top to bottom. I hit the 30 mark. I take a big gasp and then I go into that disclaimer and I try to get to the end. And usually I get pretty close. And then, you know, with the disclaimer, especially you got to read all this crazy shit and then look at your clock too to go, oh, sh I only have five seconds left. I got a whole ass right now, you know? So. <laughs> And in, me, in the meantime, the bed's rolling and you can hear the band wrapping up and you know it's over, you know? <laughs> and then you're getting tunnel vision and your body's shutting down and, you know, that kind of <laughs> So it feels like hard radio skills, you know, from back in the day. I like to quote on your uh, website, um, it said something about when the script is ready, you're already late or something like that. I mean, that just shows accessibility is so important in, in keeping a client, especially. Well, I kind of discovered that in radio. By the time the sales rep hands you that script, it needed to be on last night, you know, especially if... Yeah. Especially if you're time compromised, if it's like five minutes before your air shift. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're yeah. going to work late tonight. Exactly. So, yeah, I always just assume that everything is a rush. And mercifully, I don't have a life or a need to leave my house. So I just turn stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But the other hard radio skill that I've really been given some thought to is the stamina you cannot get that kind of workout with your pipes six days a week four and five hours a day at home making up bullshit scripts you know what i mean yeah yeah uh that you're like in radio you're like a uh, you're like an athlete. You're working every day. Yeah, marathon. So I did radio 18 years, six days a week. Luckily, I had four-hour shifts mostly. But, I mean, I ran my gear every day. Ran it hard every day. Plus, I sing. I get up in the morning, and to this day, I sing at least a half hour to an hour. Loud, hard, full-throated sing. Wow. Absolutely. Loud as I wow. sing over, play over an amp. And I wow. sing loud every day. So, yeah, I run my rig like I stole it every day in the morning. <laughs> you know, I start in the morning with that. So by the time it's a, you know, three or four o'clock session, 
and I'm, you know, I still got to have all this heat, you know? Yeah. You're in a lab. So, and then this is the fun part that I did some, I kept track of some stuff for you guys because two weeks before Black Friday, I hit a crazy Ford session two weeks, right? Because mm-hmm. the Black Friday sale. Yeah. Um, same thing happened at Christmas. So I started keeping tabs on how many tags I was doing because we had done the demo the top 20 seconds previously. So they come back and we start tagging, right? So it was, I think, Veterans Day was, uh, it was like a SAG holiday. So that was double time. So we didn't get that Monday to work. So from the Tuesday until Thanksgiving, I did 125 tags. Wow. (laughs) And this is live every time. It's like, press play live every time. Okay, we need to, uh, you know, another half second or we got to shave a half second off or that kind of thing. So it ended up being over 300 takes over the course of that week and a half. That's amazing. Dude, that is an athlete. That is. That really is. And that (laughs) hurts your body. And let me tell you, your body is like, bro, enough. (laughs) So Christmas rolls around. Here we come again. But you guys deal with with cars. When those incentives come in, they come in. It's We need this tomorrow. And they don't come in uh, two days in advance. They come in the day before. You know, it's now, now, now. So these cats hit me up. This is in two days. The first day I had a two-hour session. The second day I had a five-and-a-half-hour session. And I just tallied up the spots. It was 109 tags, and it was 303 takes. Wow. Full throttle, full voice shouting, pushing, pumping every time. So and a very good Christmas for the Bell family. Well, <laughs> we're doing all right over here. <laughs> yeah, try not to count the money, but um, but the whole thing is, if you don't survive that session, you don't get paid. And let me tell you something: about five and a half hours into a session, your body is done. Your body's done with that, and th- and this yeah. ended at like five thirty. So. Here's my life. Because the way my pipes work, ever since I was a kid, that you listened to me on 98 Rocks, I have been (laughs) skipping meals because my pipes are much more gnarly before I eat. Okay. That's funny. I do that too. Yeah. You following? I work till seven Uh o'clock. Okay. So now in my old age, I wake up at three or four in the morning, but I still don't eat until all the work's done. So after I sit in a session for five hours, my body is done and it's five o'clock. It's my dinner time. And, you know, my body's like, bro, it's over. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you got to get me some energy, dude. So that bait, that base we're hearing in the Ford spot isn't the base. It's, it's Jeff's stomach. It's it's my body dying. (laughs) 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 That's the death rattle. That's your, oh, but that's how my, that's how my body operates best and I know that about myself and I feel stronger and more powerful ver- verbally vocally when before I've eaten so I don't you know 
we make these sacrifices to for our art, you know. Tell us more. Well, Jeff, let me move forward a little bit, and, and we're going to get to the uh, our cold read challenge with you in just a few minutes. Oh, yeah. And and then I want to get to uh, my the story of when I met you. Okay. But first, before with everything going on in radio right now, and this episode is all about transitioning from radio to voiceover, with everybody that's out there listening, um, that some of which have probably gone through uh, the acts, the cuts that are done by corporate radio, what would you advise people to do differently than maybe what you did or enhance upon what you did? Because you know a lot of them are going to go, you know what? I'm taking the leap. I'm going to go do voiceover. What would you tell them right now? You know, it's such a different world from when it happened to me because there are, you know, things like like Kevin's VO Planet, stuff like that, where you can go fishing for work, you know, without just doing right. direct calls. Um. And I think that's really probably the best the best place to start. I think the best place to start is these Facebook groups, uh, especially for beginner types, because they have such incredible information about the gear and what's you know how to use what's available out there now. I'm still kind of old school. You know, I have a patch bait and to deal with. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, my studio's a nightmare. Well, you know, you're in Nashville. I was downtown Nashville, halfway between BB Kings and, and Hooters, mm-hmm. down there on 2nd Ave for three and a half years, and we had a full service studio. Okay. I, I knew you lived here. Yeah. So, I had like a full steam studio. I've got, I had like five rooms of patch panels and stuff. Nice. So, I've kind of built that into my house. So, I'm in my booth now with so you know i've got to run headphones and mics and all that's through the patch bay and it's just (laughs) chaos you know yeah and it's actually overwhelming for me because it's a little you know i have to really calculate what i'm doing (laughs) so So for people just transitioning you know get them on the facebook groups perhaps you know let them you know let them dive into the pay to plays is that your thoughts yeah there's there's great advice out there and the pay to plays you can actually start making money and if you know if if I remember my radio income, it was broke a lot. You know? <laughs> so they probably don't have a bunch of money stashed to to get through a tough time. And in fact, truth be told, uh, six months after I lost my job, I'd sold my house in Milwaukee, cashed out, and moved to Phoenix and lived on some of that cash. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't a smooth transition, and there was no guarantee of any success you know yeah and there's so many youtube vid- videos out there that that they can reference for info about the business and how other people were successful so that's pretty cool yeah i feel kind of clueless really when people ask me how to do it how do you get into voiceover now i'm like really i don't know i'm old <laughs> <laughs> You're not old, though, man. You're, you're you're not old. And the great thing about what we do for a living is we can do this till we pass, you know? Right. Which is great. True. Now, so, Jeff, let's let's get back to my uh, Jeff Bell man crush story. Um, okay. And you were there. I heard your Kevin West story. I know. I know. It's, it's amazing, man. I, I really like you guys were inspiring. Now, in my defense, I just want to say in my defense, I can be a bit of an asshole. So I just want you to know. Yeah. Have, and you're aware. fine. And, and I, I'll get to that part in just a second, Jeff. So <laughs> there's always that part. 
Why is Jeff, always that far? <laughs> so you were at 98 Rocks, you said, from uh, late summer, early fall of 85 till when? Till May 11th, 1988, when my son was born. Wow. That very next day. I had a job interview in Dallas that day. I postponed it one day. 12 hours after my son was born, I got a new job in Dallas. Okay. Was that at the Eagle? Uh, that was at KTXQ Q102. Texas Best Rock. Q102. And I, and I remember that, believe it or not. But okay, so I'm going to tell you exactly when I met you. I, w- <laughs> okay. I was working at a small radio station in Magnolia, Arkansas as a senior in high school. I graduated from high school and I started seeing how radio worked. You know, it's all about experience and being good. And it wasn't about a college degree. So I'm like, you know, Shreveport was like, a, I don't know, an hour drive from where I was. Mm-hmm. And I had called you guys... And you were program director at the time, and I called you guys, trying to get part-time with you guys. Um, and you were nice enough, Jeff, on Black Friday in 1987. I remember specifically, it was Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving in 1987. You said, hey, why don't you come down, and I'll record you reading some liners. I drive wow. to Shreveport. Wow left my girlfriend at the time and my best friend in the car while because they wanted to see what 98 rocks was like and then little did they know that this is a little old white house in a rundown neighborhood in shreveport it was the dumpiest radio station i've ever loved uh, yeah my image was shattered but man it's this little old house and then you walk in and then they're like the living room's the control i'm not sure the exact layout but it was we'll say for example yeah it was like a bedroom or something but it was just so filthy just it just was a dirty dumpy (laughs) hole really but it rocked man yeah oh you guys (laughs) are great And it was a hugely popular radio station. I don't know what your numbers were, but you guys were, all my friends listened, and you guys were the sh- Well, in that area, see, I went through the same thing, because before I moved there, I lived in Hope, Arkansas for a year yeah. and a half. So I was listening to 98, too, just going, what the, I want to work there. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> you know? So, yeah, it was the thing. You were PD at the time, and you were nice enough to let me come down. And then I met you, and you set me up with a page of liners, and you said, here, I'll get you started. And then you said, just do your thing, take your time, you know, and then you went back on air. I, well, I don't know if you were on air that do day or not. you still have the tape? Are you kidding me? No. I, you you had the tape. You did, I don't, yeah, you had it, and you're like, I'll, I'll give it a listen, and then we'll reach out. You know, of course, crickets oh, for years. And I'm sitting there, is Jeff going to call? And then he was the subject of the show the next morning. Well, okay, <laughs> To be fair, that PD gig for me didn't last long either because that was a hot potato. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Here, Kev West, you could take this. Oh, man. Noped out of that for sure. That's hilarious. (laughs) That was the last I heard. You know, I I never heard anything. and, And my hopes and dreams were shattered. No. That's funny. Well, okay. So we, we've. <laughs> that's done... awesome, though. I mean, that's. And your hair was a lot shorter then, too, by the way. <laughs> I've had a lot of different hair lengths. <laughs> you, know, you know why it was short? Because I just cut off my perm. I still miss Your perm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. great. Okay, Jeff. So we do a cold read challenge. And if you check your email, I have presented you with a cold read challenge, and the only thing that I ask is that you kind of pull it up, glance at the direction, 
and then fire away. Let me know when you've got it. <laughs> okay, these are so it. fun. I love doing these. <laughs> And I have to have glasses for this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm wearing glasses now, man. Okay, direction, tough, rugged, introspective, manly, and deliberate. Cold read challenge. I'm going cold. I just read the first sentence, so I'm going to just go with that. Okay. <laughs> and I have no headphones. Take this pink ribbon off my eyes. I'm exposed, and it's no big surprise. Don't you think I know exactly where I stand? This world is forcing me to hold your hand. Cause I'm just a girl, let alone me. Well, don't let me out of your sight. Oh, I'm just a girl, all pretty and petite. <laughs> that's it! I love it. I feel a little dirty. Oh, that's Gwen Stefani, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a, no doubts. I'm just a girl. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, that was wonderful. That was funny. <laughs> that's it, it, man. That's and you you take direction so well. That's exactly <laughs> what I was hearing when I pulled. That's up what this. you're hoping for. <laughs> that's exactly it. Seriously. Oh, Jeff, it's been so much that fun, is man. Hilarious. And, and and we really appreciate your time, and because I know it's so valuable, and you know, appreciate all the insight that you've given to all these radio folks. That you know, hey, there's hope. You know, you can move on from radio, right? Yeah, and I think that you know, there's a lot of talk out there about how you know your radio skills don't don't translate, but you already know production. You already know how to do voiceover. What you may want to work on is some acting chops yep. and expanding your voiceover you know so that you're not just doing your one thing and then the other thing i want to tell radio people cadence we get in a habit of doing cadence and radio like crazy mm. Mm -hmm. break that up change your metronome break up your cadence uh, do a little Neil Peart on the deal, you yep. know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that you're not just metronomic about your delivery every time, because that is kind of a habitual radio thing that ma it makes sense in radio as you're, you know, you're doing the same thing every day, but yeah. it doesn't make sense in voiceover. Yeah. That's a great tip. So thank you guys for having me. And then the other thing I want to say is while you guys were out in L.A., getting lauded for your fantastic program is when I was getting my ass kicked with all those Ford spots. <laughs> so congratulations on your win. Thank oh, thanks, you. man. Thanks, Thank man. And, and Jeff, we'll let you go, and uh, hopefully we can have you on again sometime, and uh, we'll uh, share more stories. I would love to come back. Thank you, guys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great year. Oh, man. What a great joy to have Jeff Bell on. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he kind of warned us about, you know, I don't know when I'm saying stuff, man, so be ready to uh, hit that bleep. I just don't know. I bet he's got some stories, too, that he didn't share. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Jeff, he, he's like, you know, he's like a classic rock guy. You know, he is. that's what you he looks it. like. And, and, you know, you know, he loves his uh, must his classic Mustang. And, you know, he, he's a Ford guy. You know, he's been working for Ford for, you know, almost 20 years. And uh, just so cool to have him on with the legends and voiceover that made the transition from radio to VO, Bobby. So 
He is long-standing proof that uh, you can be very successful coming from radio. Yeah, I liked his tips a lot, too. That, that was awesome. So you guys can do it. <laughs> there is life after radio. I call it LAR. <laughs> there, yeah, life after radio. As a matter of fact, you know, when Bobby and I started talking about the podcast, the podcast was nearly uh, called from radio to VO. You know, it was, it was nearly called something like that. That's true. That's been a big part of our focus is, you know, talking about our radio days and how it's helped in voiceover and how it's been a detriment in voiceover. So there's uh, both sides of that coin. And you heard Jeff talking about it. Some things that are great about coming from radio, you know, production, you know how to work gear, you know. And then the other side is you got to get out of those cadences that you learn in radio. And uh, just so cool to have him on. And, yeah, we'll definitely be calling him up to uh, have him on a future episode. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to uh, like us and subscribe to us, whether you're listening on uh, iTunes or Podbean or Instagram or Facebook or wherever. We appreciate you liking us. And in upcoming episodes, we are going to be talking about VO Atlanta. Going to be heavily involved in VO Atlanta this year. And we certainly hope you can join us on the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. Bye, Bobby. See ya. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob Jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's Hair and Makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's Wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of The Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. <laughs> and on the next episode of... Oh, wait, no, that goes into the credits. <laughs> Let me say that line again, Jason. <laughs>